Hello and welcome to The Snapshot with Thanos May. I am Thanos May, and today's episode, myself and Jed Marshall discuss the upcoming House and Senate races going down the list uh, through the North, through the Dixie, and Jefferson, uh, through all of the House and Senate races that are going on, and going over of who the incumbents are, who the anticipated candidates are, who the announced candidates are for each race, and sort of the uh, results that we predict for each individual race and how we think that may end up, especially given the fact that it's very likely that the scenario of the House deciding the presidential election and then also, of course, the Senate deciding the vice president is very, very likely going into this election of how close it may be and um, that there very well, very well may be a candidate who does not reach the threshold of 14 electoral college votes. So please enjoy this episode and stay tuned for more analysis. So currently right now in the northern, the first seat is Bob to boy, to boy. Um, do you see? He's the newest member of the house. Uh, yeah, he's um, the newest member of the house. He you know, hasn't, I don't believe he's introduced any legislation or anything like that. He's new. He, um, I believe, ran on or is technically a member of the ALC. Yeah, as an independent affiliate of the ALC. He doesn't caucus with them, though. That's very interesting, and I wonder if he'll face any pushback from the party if he tries to run with them again because of that decision not to caucus with them. Caucus is very important for the House, especially with the allocation of committees, and it's very interesting that someone who's affiliated with them would choose not to caucus. And I wonder if members of the ALC will end up running a candidate against him. Um, I assume, like, with you, you're an affiliate with the ALC, but you have been very clearly a member of their caucus as the majority leader. So I doubt they'll run anyone against you, but I wonder if they'll end up deciding, oh, Northern One, we can't really rely on him. We might need to take him out and put someone we can rely on more in there. Yeah, I think it's definitely a potential, but I think, um, you know, although that North is definitely a, an, a, a sort of a leftist, you know, former labor and ILC uh, stronghold, I still don't think that they would that they are going to have enough people or someone to run in NS1 to um, to take him out. I don't think they're going to make an enemy out of him. Um, I you know I I personally haven't been involved in any sort of discussions with him to caucus with us uh, to caucus in our caucus come the next session. Um, that might be something that he's discussed or is discussing with the party. Um, but I don't see them running someone against him because I do think that he would, um, if he were elected, I think he's more on their, on the ALC side than not. so I think it would be very remiss of the ALC to make a, a political enemy of him going into an election that's going to be rough and hard. Um, so going, yeah, so going down the list, NS2 is currently held by Matthew Hale. NS3 is held by myself. <laughs> NS4 is held by Steb. NS5 is held by the Speaker of the House, Arkenstone. 
and NS6 is held by Cody Clark. So do you have any sort of ideas of or predictions? Do you think any of these Steph, people are Steph's not running a relatively it? new member? Um, he might be facing some competition. We'll have to see about that. It just seems like if there's anyone that might be targeted, it might be him. Um, uh, Cody, he's relatively new in returning to the House, though he has introduced quite a bit of legislation in their time facing him. He might be another candidate to target. And then, of course, you got to send someone for the head and try and send a candidate against the speaker, um, even if it's just a sacrificial lamb like the speaker was when he ran against the president last election. Um, but I'm sure we'll probably see challenges in those races. Um, I could see challenges in all the other ones. I think the most significant ones will probably be against Stab and possibly Cody. Yeah, I think that they will... I think that there's a potential for challengers, but I don't. I don't foresee any of them losing their seats. Uh, it's just the North is just so, um, so in favor of the ALC, and that they've held those seats for quite some time. I don't see them losing them. Yeah, now, in S six, that's traditionally been a bit of, more of a conservative state. Uh, that's where Jack Coulter kind of got. Sorry, not state. Uh, district. That's where Jack Coulter got his. Um, kind of start in politics at the federal level. Do you see any chance of that going back to the right wing? I think that there's a chance, um, but uh, in NS6, but Cody is such a a strong candidate. Again, I don't think unless uh, unless the Libertarian Party or somehow the Tea Party, who you know don't really particularly know their members, somehow field someone that's strong enough. Do you think there are any right-wing politicians in the North that are strong enough to contest any of these fairly well-established politicians? I think the only one that I can think of, um, but I um, I don't particularly know if he's going to be running in this election, um, you know, whether or not that he would he would be willing to run for the House or the Senate. Uh, I would say uh, former Senator Hagan is really the only one in the North um, that would be able to run that I think could could pose a challenge to any of the of the people in any of those six seats. I think he, he's really the only one. And so I think the left really only has a threat of losing one of those seats. And if they do, I don't think it's that much of a hit, especially especially the fact that NS1 is, it, it, when it comes to their caucus, it's not going to impact them because NS1 already doesn't technically caucus with them. And when it comes to the voting for the president, they will staunchly have five people in favor of Garland. So if you had to, uh, sorry, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. If Hagen were to run, do you think he would win a seat? Do you think it's kind of a given that he would win one if he ran for one? Or do you think it's less likely? Do you think it might he'd have a shot, but he's probably not going to secure a seat if he runs? I think he has a shot. I wouldn't say that he doesn't have any chance at all of winning, but I don't. I'm, it's not going to be easy for him if he were to. I think the one that would be the 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 easiest would be NS one. Interesting. Being that that I mean, Hale 
Arkenstone, Cody, <laughs> myself. Um, <laughs> it, it's uh, like he, I don't think he can really break those. Um, but if he runs for NS1, I think that he could. Um, but even then, I mean, Bob Tavoy was kind of a little strong in his in that special election. Um, and I believe Hagen ran for that election, if I'm not mistaken. I believe you're correct in that. Yeah. And so, I mean, hey, we might see a round two. But, yeah, I think he has a chance. I think he's probably going to have the hardest race in terms of trying to unseat an incumbent if he tries to mm-hmm. in any of the elections. Yeah. But I think based on this, the left is strongly going to hold at least five of their seats, all six if, you know, Bob Boy finally caucuses with them. Um, and it's definitely the North vote for president is for sure going to uh, go to Garland. All right, then let's move on down to Dixie. All right. My home. <laughs> So we have sort of going down the list, just to sort of remind ourselves, we have in DX1, we have Drunk. DX2, we have Smith. And DX3, we have Polyman. And DX4, uh, technically Minority Leader, yes, correct. Uh, DX4, we have uh, Lowen Graham. And for DX5, we have Sandoval. So as it currently stands, we have... A sort of a, I would say, I mean, Lowen Graham has retired from politics, so it's that's the one race so far. Uh, you know, getting ahead of ourselves, there's two races that we know for sure do not have incumbents, and those are uh, Lowen Graham for DX4 and uh, Epsilon for GF, JF3 because Epsilon has announced that they're running for the Senate. Um, but you know, going back, and to, I believe to the officer of JF five will probably be empty since uh, Representative JAPL resigned. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I completely forgot that you're correct. Yes. So and probably say, yeah, JF two as well because Senator Taft was expelled from the House and hasn't been heard from since. You're correct. That's true. Yeah. So yeah. So there will be actually yeah quite a few uh, non incumbents this election. I always forget. Always forget that about Taft. Oh dear. Dear Taft. Okay, um, so for Dixie, so starting with DX1, we have Drunk. Now, Drunk uh, is a very odd fixture in Dixie politics. He's a quite a left-wing member in a state that's always been quite right-wing. You think he's got secure chance for election, especially after the stuff we talked about earlier with everything going on in the Assembly? I think he does. I think especially because in the House, he has been a... Um, a really strong member in the house itself. I think he he might take a little bit of a hit um, because of the stuff that's happened in the assembly. Um, but I think his track record in the house is going to carry him. Um, and I think he's a strong enough campaigner to, to overcome that. And I think he'll, I think he'll survive. And it, I, he, I don't think he has it in the bag. If he has a, if he has a challenger, I think he, you know, he has a race to run. Um, but I, I think that he's, he's, uh, pretty safe um and, and it's and speech it's really just because he's been active in the house there's so many members of the house that really i mean are just warm seats you know mm-hmm. they're not the warm bodies in a seat and so he's one of those few that actually 
really engaged his fellow members in the house, both in his own caucus and of and of the opposing caucuses. So I think he'll I think he'll win his his reelection. Um, it's not going to be. Uh, I think it's a, a race to watch, but I think that he'll. I think I would rate that sort of a a lean to him. Yeah, I think I can definitely see the argument. I think that after the stuff that's gone down in Dixie in the past week, which he's really been in the center of, um, he might face some pushback. But I do see him having a good shot. Uh, his privacy bill which I believe was just passed by the House, is a very good measure that I personally support. I, I helped work with him to amend some stuff in that bill, and he's definitely been a very respective, respective and receptive member of the House. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll have to see what the voters think, especially after he's been in the news so much down there. Yeah. All right, so going to DX2, this is held currently by John Smith of the now Tea Party. Um, what are your thoughts on his re-election chances? I think the biggest question here is going to be if the Libertarians end up running someone against him. Because if they do, I could actually see an ALC member ending up elected here just because they're going to end up splitting the vote. Um, uh, I think that one of the big questions is how at their throats, the ALC, not the ALC, sorry, the Libertarian Party and the Tea Party are going to be, if they're going to take kind of the stand of the conservatives and the federalists where they have to destroy the other one or they're going to die, or if they'll end up working together. Um, there's yet to be anything officially about any of that sort of stuff, so I'm wondering how that'll turn out. If, if he doesn't face a challenger, I'm still not 100% certain on Smith's... Um, likelihoods uh he's got a bit of a history of not being the strongest campaigner not debating all that much or that well so i think that he could definitely be a good place to challenge if the alc is looking to expand their dixie caucus um especially if that ends up with that vote split but who knows how that'll end up between the two parties if they'll work something out or if they'll decide they need to run candidates against all the other ones yeah, I think of those running for re-election in Dixie, he's definitely the weakest. I mean, he lost pretty hard in his re-election for the assembly. And he was the dean there, so... And he was the dean. He was. Uh, he used to be the speaker of that assembly at one point. He, you know, was a big player in the assembly, and he was one of those people that lost their re-election in the assembly. So... Um, I think he is definitely the weakest link when it comes to the incumbents in Dixie. So I think that's going to be a race to watch, especially, yeah, depending on who is ran there and who who runs against him. I think they have a pretty decent chance of unseating him. Now, if a libertarian does win, uh, run, sorry, do you think they've got a chance of winning or do you think it's an assured ALC seat? I think if an... I think it's, you know, there's sort of that idea of vote splitting. But if the Libertarians coalesce around their candidate, because Smith is, has no, has really, he has no party. The party he has is so, so new that it's not going to have much of anything. Um, I think he, I think the it would really come down to um, the Libertarians versus 
the ALC, if the ALC runs against him. If it's just a libertarian candidate versus him, I think that libertarian candidate has it in the bag because I think the AOC members in Dixie will just vote for the libertarian to not have Smith in the house. Um, but, you know, but if there is an ALC, if it's a three row race, I don't think the Smith and, um, I don't think Smith being there and the, uh, libertarian being there splits any vote. Cause I think Smith really lost quite a bit of the libertarian support. Um, for making his own party. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and I know there was also the whole thing where the Libertarian Party wouldn't admit Smith. Um, I believe there were some issues surrounding Islamophobia and his whole pro-life um, things. Both of those issues together kind of kept him out of the Libertarian Party. So I'm not certain how dismayed they are about him creating his own party. But right. I'm also not sure if they will offer support or um, offer the kind of implicit support that comes with not running a candidate against him. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I agree. So now moving on to DX3, that is Minority Leader Polyman. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think a lot of the same stuff applies here. Polyman isn't disliked anywhere close to the level Smith is. Um, he's, uh, I think he's a fairly po- a popular politician in his state. Um but it'll really come down to if the other parties decide to run someone against him, if the Libertarians run someone against him, if the Tea Party runs someone against him. If he's facing three different opponents, two of whom are very close to him politically, and then a third who's a socialist or a member of the ALC, um, his seat might be in danger. Yeah, I think he is also at risk for losing his seat as well. I think some of the behavior in the House is definitely going to reflect on him in this election. Um, That, you know, it's one thing if you're a member of the House and you're kind of, I guess one, as the kids say, be a meme in the House if you're just a member. But when you are a caucus leader and a floor floor leader, it, it becomes a little bit more serious. And he, I think... Uh, some of his behavior, I think, is going to look is going to reflect poorly on him. And so, I think for all we know, a lot of his behavior right. has been installing bills, um, which he might disagree with, and for all we know, his constituents might feel the same way. So, who knows how it'll end up happening there? Right, and I mean, he also um, voted against a very popular bill in the Judiciary and Oversight committee he voted against the law enforcement oversight act um which was interesting to see and and also he was joined by john smith in voting against it so i think that vote also might impact him as well yeah we'll have to see come election day yeah and so the next is dx4 with um uh, formerly held by Lowen Graham. Yeah, it will be, yeah. So this is the seat that is going to be freely open. Do you have any idea of who's going to run for that seat? Um, We'll have to see. I know that lists of candidates will be released. I believe it's June 6th. So we'll have to see if anyone um, new, anyone old, just who ends up running in those uh, that race. 
Yeah. And so I think it's really anyone's race, especially that that seat. Not only is it like that he's not running, but he's just been completely absent. Yeah. Lohengrim has really been a fixture of DX4 for quite some time. I think he won his last race by 80%, something along those margins. It was an insane blowout. And when a force like that just leaves politics, it's a really big vacuum. And you'll have to see what ends up coming and taking in its place. Um, I could see a new politician becoming the new Lohengrim there. I could also see an old politician trying to take up that home and um, maybe redirecting the way that district is going. So we'll have to see. I agree. Do you think any of the members of the assembly will try running for that seat? Um, I think that it's a possibility. I think that um, that one that they. I think that all the members of the assembly. I think might be fielding house races. I wouldn't know specifically where that they would run, um, but I think that there, if they were to choose a race, it's def- it would definitely be between. Obviously not DX1, and it would definitely be between DX2, 3, or 4 yeah. is where they would choose. And if I were advising them, I would tell them to choose between 2 and 3, because you have something to run against. You don't know who you're going to be against until... You know who you're going to be against. Yeah. You know who, you know, what you're running up against. You know sort of what to expect. Whereas with DX4, it's, you know, you, you can be running up against anything. And so I think it would be... Uh, an easier win and something that you can really run on if they ran a DX2 or DX3. So, I don't know when it comes to DX4, who's going to run for that? Yeah. Alright, now DX5, our last race in Dixie, and this has got Representative and Governor Sandoval in there. Um, Sandoval is the second most popular politician in the country right now, according to um, the uh, Grand VIA uh, polling from the TPR Polling Institute. Um, so I, I'm I'm going to go ahead and say now that I think he probably has this race in the bag. Um, yeah, I agree. I don't think he really stands that much of a risk. He hasn't done anything controversial both at the federal and state level. He's sort of coasted through. Um, I mean, he won, you know, pretty bigly. <laughs> and the governor race so I think he has popular support and I, so I think that that race is going to be pretty solidly uh, held by him Yeah, um, I don't foresee really any strong um, opponent in Dixie being able to challenge him I think any sort of strong or willing to run candidates especially from the left are going to focus on the other three races yeah, um, I'm, I'm just looking over our polling results in Dixie um, with Palaman, who we were talking about earlier. Um, it's very interesting to see his approval ratings because they differ so much depending on where he is. His position as an assemblyman, he's got a 45% approval rating. Um, his position as a minority leader, he's got a negative 5% approval rating. And his position as a representative, he's got a 10% approval rating. So it's very interesting to see how he's liked in different facets and if that will kind of transfer over to um, his election, if uh, his um, disfavorability as the minority leader will affect this or if his popularity as an assemblyman will help him carry through. 
Yeah, I think definitely it's sort of that 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 poll definitely shows that just because you might be doing something good in one place doesn't particularly mean that you it excuses behavior elsewhere. And so he, I think, um, is feeling the brunt of that, that his behavior in the house is going to hurt him for his reelection in the house. So we'll have to see. Yeah. And so when it comes to the idea of the house electing the president, um, based on the makeup, I think it's going to be relatively, um, this could be a toss up in terms of, I mean, if the, um, ALC or the socialists, you know, the sort of the left holds drunk seat and wins two out of the three. So either two, either DX two, three or four, if they win, then they will control the Dixie delegation. And because Dixie is an uneven number, um, that they need to do that in order to stop yeah. a, a, a vote for uh, Jack or another person. So I think it's a chance. I think this is where there's much more clear set of who's going to yeah. win. So if the ALC, if I was advising the ALC, I would tell them you need to focus in Dixie. You need to focus on one of those, of two of those races, choose two of them and run them hard. Um, and I would be telling the right wing a similar thing, choose three of those races yeah. or maybe four of them, coalesce strongly behind it. Make sure that you don't lose on the state. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, it can be a decider. I think it's somewhat leaning towards holding three um, enough seats to, um, to vote for Jack. But um, I think it's very, I think the likeliness is still there. I don't think it's out of the bag that, um, that this can't go left in terms of at least just the majority of the seats uh, for Garland. And if that happens, then Garland's president, if it, if it devolves into the House. Um, because he already has the North and he just needs either Dixie or, or Jefferson. And so I think Dixie is the one that has the clearer path. I think as we go into Jefferson and we start talking about that, we can kind of see how that the one in Jefferson is going to be the... Like everything with the, Jefferson recently, it's an absolute <laughs> mess. It's an absolute, absolute mess. And so, so I mean, let's just go right in. So with Jefferson, just, the, just going down the list really quick, and JF1, it's Dean of the House put by. JF2, it's in limbo, whether or not he is expelled, Representative Taft. In JF3, it's soon to go to the Senate, Epsilon. In JF4, it is Socialist Dallas. In JF5, it is now a former representative and governor in JAPL. And in JF6, it's um, Representative System, who said that he is currently in a primary to run in the uh, Senate, yep. uh, for the Senate uh, 3 seat. So... Um, that's Jefferson when it comes to these seats. So, so there is only one sorta... person on that list, possibly two, I guess, um, that are likely to be running for re-election. Pope Bai is obviously going to run for re-election. In Dallas, we have no reason to believe she isn't. And that's just yeah. crazy so that... that Jefferson, which is going to be deciding the president, is going to have virtually no incumbents. 
yeah, it's that's the yeah. This is going to be. That's why I said this. This state is going to be a wild ride. We we we're not going to have any sense of how this is going to look until we see the candidates. And even once we see the candidates, I don't think it'll show us much more. Else. Yeah. Um. We ha- we do know one of the candidates. We know what, how one of the races is going to look at least partially. Um. JF one. We heard an announcement on Twitter today um, that a member of the Tea Party, Ryan, is planning to run for that seat against the Dean of the House. Um, oh, the former, the former yes, fascist? Yes, the former fascist. Okay. Um, so we'll see if uh, Jefferson wants to establish maybe the Fourth Reich there by electing him. Yeah. Um, it, it will be very interesting to see put by face this interesting competition. Last election, he put mm-hmm. a Slavette. Um, John Redfield. Yeah, uh, it was a very close election um, that he eked it out, if I remember correctly. Um, so it could indicate that he might uh, be able to face some competition from someone who contests it. Maybe he's not as well liked anymore as he used to be, but I don't know. Um, I, I think I, I think it's that, likely that he'll be retaining that seat. Yeah, he's he's been a mainstay in that seat and in the House for quite some time, and I don't see. Him, I think it would take a an actually established strong politician like, to unseat um, him. For, uh, uh, first Secretary April, or maybe, um, gosh, I don't really know who else might be able to challenge him reasonably. Even even April, I don't. I mean, this might be a little bit of bias on my side, but I don't even like it. Like, I really do think it it takes more than just a good candidate to unseat put by. It has to be a good candidate with establishment and like big backing behind mm-hmm. them to be able to unseat him. And I, and I don't see, I don't see Popeye having any sort of challenge. So I think that one is a pretty safe to say it's going to be held by the Dean and of the Popeye House. And Popeye has traditionally caucused with the ALC. So it's likely he'll end up voting for mm-hmm. Garland. Yes, I, I agree with you there. And so now moving on to JF2, this is a seat that um, is very likely not going to have an incumbent, whether or not that incumbent is expelled or not from the House, because he has been MIA. No one's um, heard from him well since before. his first vote on the House floor. No, yeah, so he's been gone. And so, um, yeah, it's an empty seat. And in Jefferson, the the people that I can think of that are probably going to be running for seats would be um, Bart. Uh, Governor Jared, yeah. I think. Um, and then I, whoever loses the uh, Senate primary, because we now know that there's a primary going on in the Libertarian Party between Caprice and System. And possibly other candidates, so, who knows? Right, yeah, we know just at least those two. And... Um, and they would be remiss to not at least run for a house seat if either of them don't win the primary. So it looks like, um, yeah, so we have G- uh, Governor Jared, um, System Caprice. I think Computer Guy might try to make a, a reappearance into the house. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, you know, somewhat controversial saved himself. So, oh, controversial is just the tip of the iceberg in describing our dear computer guy. And, and so, yet somehow he easily coasted to re-election last term. Oh. You know, and I, it's, it's just interesting. I'll put it that way. Um, 
But so with those names in mind, going down this list, because we're going to have quite a few that are probably going to that are going to be absent. Okay. Um, so based and so sort of combine them together, J of three with Epsilon running for the very Senate seat that we were just discussing that has the primary um, is also going to be vacant. Mm-hmm. JF2 and JF3 are going to help decide yeah. Jefferson's path. Because with JF2 and JF3, if they are won by uh, a leftist uh, or a person supporting Garland, it ties up Jefferson's delegation. And that poses the constitutional questions that we've mentioned before. And so do you have, what is your take? Do you think that these two seats are any more or less likely to lean left or right? Or um, um, I don't, or is it really, is, really up in the air? It really will come down to the candidates um, with no incumbents. I could see some of the parties trying to run some newer members in some of these seats maybe trying to give them experience, help them get into office. Um, With those incumbents, I think Jared might be the best candidate out of the ones that have been named so far. Um, We'll Uh probably see a reappearance of Kestrel, uh, who ran against um, First Secretary April in a recent primary election. I'm sure that Tea Party will probably run him somewhere, since he, he seems active and wanting to... Uh, take part in higher office. Um, I'm with so few candidates known, with no pairings yet decided. I'm really unsure as to how any of this will end up looking. Um, and with the ALC, I'm really not sure how many candidates they'll be able to field. I can see them running Barch. He's a somewhat established candidate in the state, but I'm not really yeah. aware of many big name members of the ALC that are even in Jefferson. Um, Epsilon and Barch are really the only two prominent politicians in that area that I'm even aware of. Uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, well, there's, there is Dallas. But she's but a, she socialist a socialist affiliate, and I'm not even sure. Uh, she was kicked from the ALC, and she seems to harbor some resentment towards them. She still caucuses with them. Uh, I believe she's an independent um, caucusing, isn't she? Oh, no. As the, as the as the floor leader of that caucus, I can definitively say that she is still a member of our caucus. So, but but you are right. There is still that resentment there. But it's also does that resentment translate into her support or not for Garland? Yeah. Um. So I also see that if the like I said, the path in Jefferson is going to be so many different scenarios because it's either... And, yeah, it'll see what even Dallas... Like, it's it's a risk for the... Dallas could be a, Dallas could be a definitive deciding yeah. vote. If the left picks up JF2 and JF3 and they vote for Garland, she could vote for Garland and just sew it up and boom, he's president. Or, or yeah. she can vote for trash and it you know, denies an outright majority, or she can vote for Jack if you know for Leave some reason. And JF five and JF six are libertarian, and it you know absolutely ties it up. Jefferson is an enigma, and I don't think anyone's mm. going to solve it before July 9th when we are likely to receive results in the election. Yeah, I don't. I really. I don't even think even even when we get 
candidates because they are going to be all new. They're, none of them are going to be incumbents. None of them are going to be, um, you know, really well established. Mm-hmm. It's going to really, really be up in the air. Um, but speaking of Dallas, her race, JF4, we have no reason to believe that she's not running for re-election. But um, do you th- do you see anyone challenging her? I could easily see someone being put up to challenge her. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if either party would want to alienate her, though, right? If she's going to be this decider, will they want to run someone against her? And that's the question. Like, yeah, can they one, afford yeah, to run someone against her? in the event she wins. Yeah. Right, I agree. I Yeah, I agree that it's... She can definitely be a deciding factor in this election and overall if it devolves to the House. And, and she's so, also been involved in several controversies re- recently. Well, mainly one regarding the attempt to remove JAPL, so we have no idea how that'll affect the voters' perception of her and if they'll choose to re-elect her in spite of that. Um, if they'll boot her to the ground um, because of it, we, we really have no idea how that's polling. Um, I can pull up her polling numbers right now. Um, she's got a 0% approval rating, a net approval rating. So um, she's rather and a negative as a representative. So she's not the most popular, but she's got some support there. Right. We've seen unpopular candidates win before, and, you know, and it also can come down. I mean, she can be in an uncontested yeah. race, like you said, that both sides would not want to alienate her. So, so yeah, I think that race is going to really come down to who runs against her. Yeah. Um, now, moving on to JF5, that one is going to be vacant uh, due to JPL's resignation. A very abrupt resignation. Uh, yeah, yeah, very abrupt. Um, Although not unexpected, he was sort of kind of on a decline in terms of uh, political and He height. wasn't planning to run in that election anyways. He'd been uh, tem- uh, intending to run for president. I believe he'd announced those intentions publicly. Um, but he just resigned from his position in the House, and so he won't be running for any position in this upcoming election. Right, right. And so it appears... But this is definitely an open, another open mm-hmm. field, much like uh, JF two and JF three, um, and same situation. It can it's going to come down to who runs in that race, um, and where the matchups fall. Where you know, especially on both the left and the right, there isn't really because there's no incumbents. You just can't know. So, but I so again, I I think the left or the right. It, it, it if the left can pick up two of the seats out of JF2, three, or five. Um, it could stop um, Jack from becoming president. And if, you know, if to, in the event, you know, understanding that Dixie goes to Jack and the North goes to Garland. Um, it just takes three to tie it up. And it the, the question of what constitutes a majority only you know with it being three only becomes a thing if the other three are split, mm-hmm. and so um, so if I have a feeling the campaigns are going to be trying to get into contact with Representative Dallas, engaging where she stands, to see if they can risk mm-hmm. her winning, or risk running someone against her. I yeah, 
I, I, I think so too. It, it would be, they would be remiss not to. And so with JF five out of the way, now JF six, this one's held by system who I believe has, what is it called? A, a proxy? Yes. A proxy representative. Uh, someone who votes in their presence, or, sorry, not in their presence, in their stead um, for them. Uh, but yeah, that would be me. I am his current proxy. I've been his proxy for the past two months. Or not two months, two weeks, sorry. Yeah, well, it kind of feels like two months. I'm um, glad I can leave of... you with that feeling. Uh-huh. Um, but with that race, it, it's going to come down to definitely if he wins or not the, the Senate primary. Um, in the event that he does win, and it's so then it's, it's an open field, <sighs> again, if he, it, it, it's, it's wild. It's going to come down to four. It's, there's, a, there's a potential, which is absolutely crazy. That four out of the six races in Jefferson are going to, one, not have an incumbent, and two, very much be a deciding factor in who becomes the next president. So looking at the current breakdown and what we're talking about, what side do you think will have the majority in Jefferson? I I think if there is a majority who will have it if there is a majority I don't think I think there will be only a plurality in the sense of uh, in in sense of party I don't I think Dallas will win re-election and the ALC will have JF1 with put by being an independent affiliate I think that they have a good chance of picking up two seats. Um, and then the Libertarians, I think, um, have a good chance of picking up, of picking up uh, uh, one of the, the other two. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Tea Party and will pick so, up any of these seats? Um, because, because I don't know who the Tea Party members are, I would say mm-hmm. no, I don't. I don't see I, that that I know of. You did mention Kestrel. Um, he did get, I believe, it was thirty-five percent of the vote in his election. Yeah. So I think if he does run, I think that would be the the race to watch, mm-hmm. especially if that is a three-way race. Um, I think that will that in the event that it happens, that will. But assuming that these are all two-way races between a libertarian and an ALC or a socialist, I. I really do think it'll be three ALC, um, one uh, so- socialist affiliate Dallas, and then two libertarians. So you think, okay, yeah. I would probably say kind of the other way around. I would tend to lean towards three libertarian or Tea Parties, Dallas, and then two ALC. But who knows mm-hmm. how it'll all turn out? We'll have to see. Yeah, and so with that... And then, so briefly going to the Senate, mm-hmm. um, just kind of briefly. Um, very briefly. We have possible. Ted. Yeah, very briefly. We have Ted in the North running for re-election. We have an open seat, which is currently held by Jack. Then we have um, both uh, Jefferson seats. One that's her- held by Zarfos, and then the other one, which is currently um, held by Caprice. Currently held by Caprice, correct. And so, 
And we just to get out of the way, uh, President Valerie has announced that she's intending to run for the Tsar first seat. Um, so I think that's I think it's clearly in the bag for her. Clearly in the bag for the for the president. Um uh let's go to Ted. What do you think? Um, we've seen Mike Smith of the Libertarian Party announce on uh, uh, that he is intending to run against Ted, I believe, um, if I read that uh, message correctly um, when he announced. So Mike, I believe he has formerly served as a member of the House of Delegates in Northern. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe uh, he has held position in Quite Northern. Um, he's kind of uh, dual residency in Northern and Dixie, though he tends to live in Dixie more. Um He's going to have a tough race if he plans, if he hopes to win. I think Ted has a decent position. Um, he has been a bit lackluster as president pro tempore. He hasn't very much done anything. Um, so perhaps that'll weigh down on him, but who knows? Um, yeah, I think, I think it's, uh, I think it'll be a somewhat close race just because of the Senate writ large mm-hmm. not being. Um, as up to par, so I think um, he will be a he'll have a little bit of a rougher reelection, but I think he'll definitely still uh, he'll still hold that seat, even with you know it being an out of state challenger. Um, the next one um, we should let's go to the back over to Jefferson. This one is currently held by Caprice. Now we know that there's a primary going on, so we know it's not for sure in the bag whether or not Caprice will be running um, for that seat. And this so, is the seat that Absalon has indicated he intends to run for. This is true. This is the one that Absalon has said that they're running for. And so, again, same question. Do you think that Caprice will... Um, or do you think that... Um, Caprice or system will be able to win against Epsilon. Personally, I think system would have the better shot of the two of them. Um, Epsilon has been a very popular politician in Jefferson. He receives a good 7 to 8% of the write-in vote every election that's held there, um, just for various positions. Um, so he's quite popular there. Um, so I could see him probably winning the seat. I think with system, it'll probably be a closer race. But I would probably lean towards Epsilon. I agree. I think either Caprice or System, it'll go to Epsilon. And, and I agree, too, that it will be a much uh, easier win for Epsilon if it's Caprice. But if it's Mike, I mean, if, Mike <laughs> if it's System, it'll, uh, it'll be a little bit harder. But I think, our, I think Epsilon has it in the bag for that one. And now to the last Senate race, um, the one that currently Jack Coulter holds, but obviously is not running for to in the special for it to hold again. Um, Any northern politicians you think, you think will want to run for this seat? Um, I don't know. I, you know, any of the House members, possibly. Um, okay. That could lead to an easily exposed an easily exploited vacancy up there, though. So they this is true, and I think that's why we haven't heard anything about from any of the, you know, any sort of preemptive announcement, because then it's because it, because out of the North, the only sort of strong Northern candidate to pick up any of those seats currently hold House seats. Yeah. 
And so they have to somewhat keep it secret so that their opposition parties don't seize on that. But I think even with that, it's not going to threaten too much. Um, the North hold on the majority of the seats in, in the North or even um, even if that. I think if I think if someone in the House is planning a run for that that Senate seat, I think that the ALC especially would have a re- an immediate replacement. Mm-hmm. Who that who those replacements would be though, I yeah. don't know. But I think they would be remiss if they didn't have a, an immediate replacement for that. You know, to they would be it would be very bad for them to not to to leave one of the northern races uncontested. Who do you think the the politician in the north the highest likelihood of wanting to contest that race is for Senate? Like if or who do you think would be the strongest contester? Like do you think Speaker Arkansas would want to run for it? Do you think um, uh, Matthew Hale would want to run? Matthew Hale's a bit of a fixture up there. I don't know. Who do you think anyone I, up there would want to run particularly strongly? I think particularly a strong one would be um, Hale. I think he would be a, a, a really good candidate for the Senate. I think Cody would mm-hmm. too in the North. I think that they have enough credibility in the North and enough um, enough of a track record there too. So I think out of the House delegation, I think it would be them. I don't foresee the Speaker um, going trying to run for the Senate. I uh-huh. think um, especially sort of on the coattails of having such a narrow, narrow loss uh, for lieutenant governor. I don't mm-hmm. think that he wants to run a statewide, another statewide campaign again. Now, so from the right, who do you think might run over there? Do you think we might see, I don't know, former Senator Hagan try and run? This is his former seat that he resigned from abruptly, and then he decided to come back to public life for some reason. Do you think he might run for that again? Um, I don't, because I, I think, because the thing is, the issue is he would be running for the very seat that he resigned from. And I think that that would look bad for him to do. And so I don't think that he would do that. Uh, one for the, for that special, because that's the, because he, he abruptly resigned. And that's why Coulter was appointed to that seat. And so for him to then run again for it. I, I, I would I would advise him to not do that. <laughs> it would not look good, I think. Um, but other than him, um, I think um, maybe um, I believe their name was uh, El- Elkridge. Yes. What's their name? I believe Howard they're, Elkridge. They're, yeah, they're a candidate in the North that I think might, and if if not a House race, definitely a Senate one. Mm-hmm. Um, I would though advise them to run for a house race first, but yeah, he's yeah. run for quite a few house races. Yeah, yeah, but you know, if you're not if you if you're unable to win a house race, I you know I would I would I would uh, caution against running for the Senate. But um, so I think, and I think that's definitely why it's a safe left seat. Uh, whoever they whoever the left runs in that seat was going to be a strong a strong competitor for that seat. And I don't see the right or the libertarians having anyone that would be able to challenge that seat unless the left runs some new person for some reason for a Senate seat. Um, 
I don't see it it not going to the left. All right. So we're calling Epsilon for his race. Whoever the ALC runs in that uh, special election for Senate, you're calling Ted in his race against Mike and Valerie against whatever poor soul ends up running against her. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and I think, yeah. And I think of, of all of the races, the Senate is the most sort of calm. <laughs> in what terms do you think of will be the quiz. closest of these races? Um, I think the closest might be Ted's, mm-hmm. I think will be the closest because simply just he's going to have a decent challenger that we know about. I think uh-huh. Zarfa, I think uh, Val has it in the bag. I think whoever, but I mean, even the, the Jack seat, the special can be close just depending on who, who runs. But if it's a notable left politician who runs in that, for that special, it's it's it, I think it's in the bag for that for that left person. I don't think it's a question. Um, but but yeah, and I think that Epsilon um, is going to be a is the favorite to win against either Caprice or System. All right. Well, and that's so our that, predictions, folks. Yeah, those are our predictions, and uh, a summary of it is basically the Senate is going to be pretty interesting makeup going into it's not going to be it's going to have ideologically two libertarians a socialist and two libertarians a socialist and two socialists actually ideologically and two it's going to be split three ways yeah so that's interesting. And the house is going to be a storm, <laughs> a storm to say the least in turn, especially, especially in Jefferson. I think Jefferson is going to be the state to watch. Now, the big question for the end of the podcast, who is our president going to be come July 10th? I think if if I had to bet right now who it would be, I would bet on it being Cabin. That's probably my answer, too. I would bet it on being Cabin. I think, um, yeah, I think it's becoming more and more likely that it, it might end up that way in the most unconventional of ways <laughs> for him to become president. And yeah. I think, it, I think it's becoming more and more likely that that's the outcome. Um, but if who it's knows? in the house, who wins? Like, if if a decision is made in the house, who do you think it'll be for? I think it would be for Garland. I think Garland has, I think, in terms of the house, in terms of it going to the house and it and that type of game that needs to be played, I think it it's Jack's race to lose. All right. Because I think the left has a tiny bit more standing ability um i mean funding is going to be huge in this election and i think the left has enough funding to um to uh make the house theirs in terms of each each delegation well this is going to be a very very 
very interesting week, folks. Yeah, it's going to be, yeah, especially once we know the candidates, we're going to have a better feel for it. I don't think it's really going to clear things that much up. It's going to clear some things up, but it's, I don't think it's going to give us a clear idea of at least the house makeup. It's not going to give us a clear view, especially in Jefferson, because it, it doesn't matter really to me who's going to run. Um, unless unless Valerie drops from the Senate and runs for one of the House seats, um, <laughs> it's not it's not going to be as as clear cut. Wow. So yeah. So with that, in those predictions, everyone stay tuned because everything changes daily. You don't know what politician is going to say what and put their own foot in their mouth in between now and the election. You don't know so who's who going to jump into the race. You don't know who's going to jump out of it. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe we'll have a a President Thanos come the end <laughs> of all this. You never know. <laughs> who knows what the House decides. Um, but on that note, uh, thank you for joining me tonight for this, um, for these episodes. And uh, we'll speak to you soon on some predictions and analysis later as things inevitably will change. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you. And that was our analysis of very, what could very well be a crazy, crazy election, very unpredictable and the even once we get the candidate lists, as I said in this episode, we really don't know what this election is going to look like. There's just so many variables going into it, and probably one of the most unpredictable races that I personally have seen in the last year. So it is going to be one wild ride for the next four to five days. So, stay tuned for more analysis and predictions, and we will keep you updated as things progress, and especially as the election begins to roll out. So thank you for joining us, and we will hear from you soon here on The Snapshot with Thanos May.